Hi everyone, quick word before we start. This podcast is brought to you by aboutmeditation.com. Check out aboutmeditation.com for courses, study guides, and all sorts of resources to support your meditation journey. Head on over to aboutmeditation.com. And of course, if you enjoy this show, please leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. That makes a huge difference. We do this all pro bono. No one really gets paid. So a rating and a review makes a huge difference for us. Really helps expose this show to lots of people. All right, thanks. Now, let's get to our show. All right, no, don't touch anything. You just speak right there. What do you want to say? I say, I love you. <laughs> yeah. I love you. And what else? Do you want to say to everybody, all the meditators? Please have a good meditation and a good percent. And a good what? And a good percent tea. So you want everyone to have a good meditation? Yeah. Don't touch anything. Why? Because it makes a lot of noise. Anything else? And hope you have a good work meditation. Thank you. Hi everyone, and welcome to the One Mind Meditation Podcast. My name is Morgan Dix, and this is a show about meditation, mindfulness, and your health. So today, I want to talk about a topic that I think is relevant and important for anyone who meditates wherever you are on the spectrum, new, novice, intermediate, experienced, expert, and that topic is intention. What is your intention? And the reason I want to talk about this, there were two things that happened recently in my life that reminded me about the value of intention and how important it is and how it's something really one has to kind of cycle back to again and again, almost like a spiral. You have to kind of, you you know, you, you go into it and then you circle around and you come back at a higher level and you circle around and you come back again. And uh, it can be really easy to lose track of it. But if you don't, if you stay focused, and this is what I found in my own life, man, it makes such a difference. So, so what is intention and why is it, in my estimation, one of the most important pillars of meditation and for our spiritual, aspirational, developmental life in general? Let's like just say a word about like what is intention. It really, the word itself comes from a mix of Old French and Latin. So intention from Old French, intent, purpose, aspiration, will, and thought. So like these are things like will, wish, desire, that which is intended. And then from Latin, intentionum, as stretching out or a straining, an exertion, effort, attention. Right in all of that, you feel there's a certain stretch, there's a certain focus, and there's a certain singularity, a one-pointedness in this word, intention. 
And that is really what we're talking about here. It's getting right in the middle of your target for life. What is it? Where are you going? Any given moment, what's your purpose? So intention reminds us of that. It brings us back to that. It is that. So intention, intention, intention. So important. One thing is for sure, without intention, we will never do anything truly great. Intention is by far the most important ingredient in really living our fullest, our best life, really kind of maximizing our potential and being the the best person we can be for a lack of a better way to, to say it. Intention is what helps us tap into all sorts of latent, latent capacities, emergent capacities, things that we're good at that we never knew that we're good at until we really start to get focused and aligned with intention. What is my intention? What do I want? What do I want more deeply than anything else? And when you get clear about that, nothing is going to stop you. Nothing, whatever it is, nothing is going to stop you because you will not be distracted you will be one-pointed and you will not be pulled off of your course. That's what I'm talking about. That is the power of intention. So as I said, there were two events that recently brought this to mind for me and they were important enough that I wanted to share them. They kind of rekindled this idea of how important this was. And when I I lived in a spiritual, uh, a yoga and meditation ashram for 15 years, worked, lived, practiced constantly in this ashram for 13 years, the bedrock of our spiritual teaching and the context for our lives was what our teacher called clarity of intention. Do you want to be free more than anything else? Do I want to be free more than anything else? I'll come back to that, but that one question was really, that was my rudder for my whole, that that right there just kept me on course my entire time in that ashram experience. It was amazing. It was just like an arrow that helped me cut through confusion, doubt, ambivalence, the fog of, the fog of life, (laughs) the fog of confusion that we all encounter at different times when we're not always inspired, when we're not always clear, when we're not feeling like we're up for the challenge. So of course we all we all experience that. So in those moments I really would lean on this this tenet of the teaching clarity of intention and and it would remind me what's most important to me. And then in that reminding that there would just be a building or an, an increase in consciousness, in my own consciousness, and my, my awareness would suddenly expand beyond my immediate circumstance or my immediate uh, frame of reference. And that, man, that always made such a big difference. So let's come back to that. But why did this come into my frame of reference again so powerfully? So first, there was a member from the aboutmeditation.com community who recently commented on the blog about the importance of intention in his own practice. 
And he described how when he doesn't focus on and nourish his intention, his meditation practice starts to fall apart. So this is what he, this is what he wrote. For me, it's all about intentionality and discipline. I have to be intentional in my practice and I can't take long breaks away from it. When I'm disciplined, I look forward to the next practice. When I start giving myself outs, quote unquote, then things fall apart and I feel less inclined to keep doing it. And when that happens, I start falling apart in other areas of my life. So I'm mindful of the snowball effect. I thought that was such a perfect quote when it comes to intention. It captures so much. So when it comes when it comes to intention, I thought this was spot on. Before anything, you have to ask yourself, what's most important to me? Why am I doing this? Why am I meditating? For example, personally, now th- this is me speaking personally, I meditate. One reason I meditate now is because I know it affects almost every aspect of my life. You feel that. That's implicit in his words, too. So he knows that when he's consistent, he's, he enters into a virtuous loop where practice begets more practice. So every time he meditates, he wants to meditate more. Inspiration begets more inspiration. That is always my experience. And at the same time, your motivation is deepening and your momentum is growing. And little by little, inch by inch, you're changing. And you, this virtuous life, or rather this virtuous loop, starts to seep in to all these different aspects of your life. It's this one virtuous habit that you start to feed, and then it just, in the, in the best way, it starts to spread out and color everything. And I relate to that so much. So little, little by little, you're nurturing your connection to the infinite. And conversely, as he points to, when you miss a few days, it becomes harder to meditate and you feel less motivated. And soon, before you even know it, you start to lose touch with why was that so important? Why was I meditating? You lose touch with that. And then, as he says, I love this, and you just start to give yourself outs. You give yourself out. You're like, ah, oh, it's not, you know, I've got such a busy day ahead of me. I got this meeting. I got to get my daughter here and then have to cook dinner and then blah, 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 right? It's just our lives. So here's a good example from my own life of like why I feel like meditation, I experience it sort of in a panoramic way when I'm really like feeding it. Meditation, as I said, it really helps me across the board. In one area that I want to highlight here, it just helps me to be more patient. So like when my little girl, in the morning, as we're trying to get out the door for school, there'll be moments where she just starts to refuse, you know, so like she may like will be in this sort of getting dressed mode and she starts to refuse to put on this mini mouse shirt. But the thing is, she had just made me spend about 10 minutes looking for it because she said, well, no, that's the only thing I'm going to wear is this mini mouse shirt. She's not going to consider anything else. 
And it's like in moments like that, that patience is really, really important. So often it just gives me, if I've meditated in the morning, my, my response and my reaction to that whole situation, it's just like night and day. Meditation just gives me space around all of it. There's like a cushion where I can be amused by it versus frustrated and potentially angry. So the meditation, it's like it gives me a beat to make a creative sleight of hand to divert her attention before my blood starts to rise. So I do something creative instead of doubling down. And often that's everything. I just like, if I can just have, if I, that space is so important because so much flows out from there. So I'll have a creative response instead of an angry response. I'll have humor instead of feeling stressed and anxious about getting out the door. I'll be just, you know, surrendered instead of like clenching and and contracting inwardly. And that's what I mean when I talk about this sort of panoramic effect of meditation and then the virtuous loop that sort of spins out in the most wholesome way into all these different areas of your life. In a moment like that, an extra shot of patience, man, it, it can make all the difference. So like that, that's a, that's just, I mean, it's a, it's a mundane example, but life is filled with mundane examples. And when taken together, you start to see, wow, if I knit a thousand of those mundane examples together, Morgan, when he's meditated versus a thousand of those examples, Morgan, when he hasn't meditated, you start to look like a different person when I look right and when I look left, depending on which example we choose to go with. And at the headwaters of all of that is intention. Did I wake up with the intention to meditate? Did I get up early? Did I make the space in my mind to, and in my being to say, okay, I'm going to do this the first thing in the morning because that's the most important thing for me. And I know my life and my family's life, my coworkers' lives are all going to be positively affected if I meditate. That was the first example was this comment that came in on aboutmeditation.com and it just, it's, it just resonated so deeply. I was like, wow, I want to talk about that. Then there was another example. As I think I, I might have mentioned this in my last podcast. So I, I've gotten back into running and I run in the mornings between anywhere three to 10 miles. And usually the kind of middle ground, like six miles is my sweet spot. That really feels good because if I run six miles, it's not too much, but it's enough so that I will get into that kind of runner's high pretty reliably. And I'll just, there'll just be inspiration coming by the end of the run and the flow, a sense of flow ideas, creative vistas opening up. I could do this, I could do that, and it's exciting. So that happened the other day. I, I was coming to the end of my run. Somehow I was getting distracted by something towards the end of my run. And then and then it was just like this voice kind of came up and it said, no, the most important thing to you is this. All of this is your beloved. And it was just, it was so simple. 
Just these two words then, my beloved, my beloved. And my beloved, what, what that meant to me in that moment was just everything right here, right now. Just the totality of my immediate moment-to-moment experience, everything. And like in that moment, it was just so, it was so radically clear that what has always been more important to me than anything else is that, that deep mystical ground, that sort of light that is under everything, that foundation of, of what I would call a, a kind of lumina, a luminous presence that I just, I feel just permeating creation, just coming through everything, coming through the trees, coming through all the sounds, coming, coming off the pond as I'm running next to it and through all the runners and not in an individual sense. It's just that everything, the totality of right now, it's full, it's complete, it's total, it's, it's completely inspired. And it's my beloved, it's me, it's everything. Me is part of that whole, part of that wholeness. Me is an undivided part of everything. That's what I'm talking about. There's so much love in all of that. There's this just a surrender and love, a complete let go into this moment and just the fullness of this moment, the absence of any need for anything else, that sense, that nagging sense that I need anything else to feel fulfilled, just completely erased annihilated, gone. There's this. There's all of this. Just this. It's everything. That was what was implicit in those two words. My beloved. My beloved. This is my beloved. This is my beloved. (laughs) I can't tell you how inspiring that was. And it's not that it's new. It's It's not something that I had felt hundreds of times before. But when it just sort of, it was a, of course, is a moment of grace. And those moments of grace are a gift, but then they're often also related to that sense of intention. And they reorient one to what's most important. It's that sense of, oh, this is what's most important to me. And this is what's always been what's most important to me. This is why I do this show. This is why I interview other people about this and how meditation is that native capacity in you and in me that opens this world up for us. It opens our awareness. It it helps expand it beyond just the limited machinations of our own mind. Meditation's by far, at least in my experience, that's just it's the best way. It just grants you access to a world beyond yourself. And then you start to realize, whoa, the the truth of consciousness so radically transcends my limited sense of Morgan and what's important in any given moment to Morgan. There's there's something so much more vast and inspiring and large. And it's not to say that my and your concerns and desires and fears aren't important because they are. But this is... This helps contextualize them. It helps put them in perspective and then they don't seem so overwhelming and and all-consuming. So that's what I mean by that. And boom, that sense of intention right there, completely clear. 
this is it, this is it, this is it, this is what is most important to me. So that experience is over a month ago, maybe even longer, but it still, it just resonates. And I just wanted to share it because, because it's so important. It's important for you, it's important for me to remember what's most important, what's most important to me, why am I meditating? That's something you definitely want to get clear about when you're meditating. What is most important to me? So I want to end this sort of third part of this podcast is really, as I alluded to, when I lived in the ashram, that sense of clarity of intention was always connected to this deeper experience of what I was just describing, this sense of deep uh, limitlessness or freedom that I really experience as implicit in existence, in life itself. And intention during my time in the ashram, it always had it, it, it has always had to do with cutting through, through confusion and inner challenges, inner turmoil. So when I felt divided, when I questioned my motivations, when I was confused or feeling lost or just in a dark place, or even if I felt like somehow I wasn't living my fullest or my best self, I, I would just come back to this tenet of our teaching, which we call clarity of intention. And in that context, as I said, it meant wanting to be free more than anything else and wanting, but what does that mean? For me, it really meant aligning myself in that moment and aligning my own immediate sense of purpose in this moment right now with my deepest experience of reality. And then to be true to that, exactly what happened in that moment when I was running. To be true to my beloved, to be true to that. That clarity of intentions never failed to help me cut through my own confusion or, or sense of malaise. And it immediately provides a sense of direction and also at the same time, in that, a sense of contentment, a sense of fulfillment, and a sense of ease. Because I remember, right, this is what's most important to me. And knowing, knowing what's most important to you in, in a given context, it's like a superpower. It gives you clarity, it gives you direction, it gives you purpose. And that, obviously, those do amazing things for any of us. It gives you confidence, but it also helps you give confidence to others. Have you, I mean, think about it. Have you ever had that experience where you just feel there's a buoyant energy coming through you, just in yourself, like unselfconsciously, you're expressing your own love for life, your own passion for being alive. And you can see how it's contagious, you know. That is something that's in all of us. And when you, when, you, when you hear that and you feel that in another person, it's contagious. I feel that confidence is contagious. It's like when you see an amazing athlete join a team and then suddenly the people on that team start to lift their game and they start to rise and express new capacities. And, it, and it's that confidence of the one infusing the many. And suddenly you have a different team. 
you have a completely different context. And I think it's true with any leader when when they express this sort of wholesome confidence in life. It just it affects it ripples out in the most positive way into the universe. It's another it's another dimension of this virtuous loop that we were talking about at the beginning. So yeah, that's that's what I wanted to share with you today. I hope you find this helpful. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and a review over on iTunes. You can just head over to iTunes and search for One Mind Podcast, or you can search for Morgan Dix, and leave us a rating rating and a review. That is so helpful that more than anything, that helps other meditators discover our show. So thank you so much. Let's end with a quote. And this is a quote that I really love from Thich Nhat Hanh. And it goes like this. Don't throw away your suffering. Touch your suffering. Face it directly. And your joy will become deeper. You know that suffering and joy are both impermanent. Learn the art of cultivating joy. Practice like this and you come to the third turning of the third noble truth, the realization that suffering and happiness are not two. When you reach this stage, your joy is no longer fragile. It is true joy.